Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chad Studios, the city south side, and Brendan Escott wearing an Austin 316 t-shirt today, paying homage to one of the greatest actors of all time. Brendan, why are we opening up with the Doobie Brothers? Well, they're coming to town, Bob. October 24th, the Doobies will be uh, on their 50th anniversary tour, taken to Rogers Place. Should be a good one. Nicely done. Nicely done. The Junos taking place at uh, Rogers Place as we speak. A lot of Hubble Baloo down there in the building today. The Edmonton Oilers were in the downtown community arena. A full compliment on the ice today. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by World of Spas. Aching after a long day. World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax. World of Spas, Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. We got a lot to get to. The Edmonton Oilers uh, wrapped up a four-game roadie on Saturday night in T.O. against uh, the Maple Leafs. And uh, suffice to say, it was going pretty good for about half the game, and then it unraveled in a hurry. Um We'll get to some of the audio clips uh, momentarily on that front and then get to some uh, news from today as well. We will tell you that coming up on today's show, he's in town, NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling, John Shannon at 12.35 at 1 o'clock. and we'll actually intersplice your text throughout the course of today's show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted at 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. Uh, we will have uh, time for open line at 105 on the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. Get bad to the bone with George Thurgood and the Destroyers May the 4th at the River Cree. Get your tickets today at therivercreeresort.com. Of course, we're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Brendan Escott at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. And our top story for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling. The Edmonton Oilers looking to... uh, make use of a a two-game homestand and a little bit of an eased-up schedule. I thought it was interesting. You know, Brendan, I don't want to make excuses, okay? Here's the deal. The Maple Leafs came into Edmonton, and uh, they were on a road trip, and they made a bunch of trades, and they're putting in some new players 
and the Oilers had acquired Matias Ekholm the day before, and he'd flown in for the game, and the Oilers players were engaged, and they were jacked, and they were on it, and their top players dominated the Maple Leafs from start to finish in that game in Edmonton. Uh, McDavid and Drysaddle were all over it early. Connor scored a couple times and uh, during the course of that game. That's where he had his five-game, uh, two-goals per game run. Uh, and then it culminated with Ryan Nugent Hopkins working over Justin Hall. You know, the owners were all in. The other night in Toronto, even though it was 2-1 for Edmonton after one, I don't know about you, but as I was wa- I was very unsettled watching the first period. The Maple Leafs were quicker on pucks. They were harder and more competitive in various places. And I kind of thought what we ended up seeing was somewhat inevitable, despite a great 3-1 goal from Connor McDavid. Like the bottom line here, Toronto deserved to win that hockey game on Saturday night. There is no... I, I know the mistakes undermined any chance for Edmonton's success. It was quiet. It was like a church in there. Like, it was just... You, there was no noise at all, and then it just unraveled. Did you did you get... Did it come across the same way? Like Or did you think, hey, Edmonton's going to come in here and they're going to... You know, they just beat Buffalo and Boston in a pair of low-scoring 3-2 games. Those teams, by the way, Boston's second, Buffalo's third, and goals four. The Oilers lead the NHL in goals four. Did you think Edmonton was going to get another quiet victory, or could you feel it coming a bit? No, what I would say is um, I think that we've seen this team demonstrate that when they get that two-goal lead, that 3-1 lead that they had, that they can do away with the team, right? So it was when the the ball started falling downhill, and then you could almost see and feel that ball picking up steam, and before you knew it, they were just wiped right out of the game. So it happened so quick that, uh, I mean, I'm curious what it would have been like to be in that building that went from zero to 100 real quick. Well, it did go zero from 100. I I do think that there was poor recognition uh, as to who was on the ice. you got to know who you're up against. Mitch Marner is one of the league leaders in takeaways on a regular basis. Ryan McLeod and Vincent Day, I mean, it happened. I would say this. For me, the 4-3 goal Toronto scored might have been more frustrating. Like, Darnell Nurse is a veteran player, and basically got stick-checked by Austin Matthews, and the Leafs ended up a two-on-one. You're hoping for a better play. Now, that said, the guy plays a lot of minutes. Some people said, oh, yeah, well, what about the 5-3 goal? He's in the box. I don't care about that. Like That stuff happens in the course of games. But bottom line is three in a row, and it just unraveled. Let's get to the orders now. Audio Vault for direct work. We're specialized to work with your business. Outfit your crew from head to toe in Edmonton and Fort McMurray. Jack Michaels was on the call on Saturday night in Toronto. Well, having dispatched the league-leading Boston Bruins, Edmonton looks to take down another power, especially on home ice, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dry settle on Yamamoto, trying to pry it loose. Can't be able to keep it down low, short side. Save, and a rebound popped home by Noel Achari. Skinner made the first save, but no one picked up Achari. Here's a blast by Ekholm, and he ties it. Matias Ekholm's first goal as an oiler is an absolute rocket top shelf and this game is tied and Toronto's lead lasts all of 22 seconds. Well an absolute bomb from the Edmonton Oilers. Matias Eckholm known for his defensive play but he's five times in his career had 30 plus points. McDavid took it away and he's up to center ice. Connor McDavid hit 
hits Evander Kane, circling, wrapping it around and scoring. Evander Kane's 10th of the year gives Edmonton its first lead, 2-1. And as the penalties expire to McDavid and Matthews, McDavid's out of the box, takes the outlet pass, swoops in, loads and scores. Beating Matt Murray, it's 3-1 Edmonton. Connor McDavid, a double nickel, 55 on the season. Brilliantly out of the box. Ryan raked it free for Ryan McLeod. Turned it over in front. Marner scores. A gift for Mitch Marner and a tough giveaway by Ryan McLeod. And Marner's 24th pulls Toronto within 3-2. Vogel kicks it back to his defense. And now a turnover by Vinny Dayarnay. Marner. Shot. Score. Nylander. Through the wickets of Stuart Skinner in this game is tied. Another turnover in the D zone. Leads to the equalizer for Toronto. Nurse could not clear. Matthews dishing. What timer score? John Tavares. 4-3 Toronto. Tavares is 29th. Call a timeout here. Warner trying to squeeze it in front. Tucked home by the captain, John Tavares, on a deflected pass that went right to him. Tavares has two. And now you've got Kane and Bunting wrestling one another through the neutral zone. Gustafson looking to center. Kane and Bunting continue to go at it. And Kane's well, got Bunting down. Bunting's not Kane gonna... is throwing punches on Michael Bunting. And then a single leg takedown and Bunting comes thundering back. And now the players will be separated. Barner right circle in front. Matthew scores. What a feed from Tavares. It's 6-3 Toronto. McDavid left circle. Nugent Hopkins. What timer drives out of scores. And Edmonton does cash in. And there's still 7.29 to play. Connor McDavid skittering to center. Turns it over. Achari shoots and scores. Game over. Leaf seven. Oilers four. They deserved it. They were the better team. There was lots going on in that game. Uh, first of all, McDavid was bringing it all night long. Like, he was terrific for Edmonton in that hockey game. Uh, the Oilers are a team that needs a lot out of Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins. Those guys have had a lot of really good games. They were a little bit quieter, 5v5 in the hockey game. The defense pairing of Ekholm and Bouchard were terrific. Evan Bouchard played almost 25 minutes. Ultimately, ended up being a minus. He was on the ice for the empty net goal against. Um McLeod knows he made a mistake. He can't make that play. It's situational awareness. It's Mitch Marner on the ice. Dayernay, I mean, I could count the number of times he's turned the puck over since coming up. He's managed the puck pretty well. Nurse, you would have liked to hope that he could have made a little bit better play on the 4-3 goal. Then they get two power play goals. Um, it's a loser's lament to complain about the officiating other than to suggest to you that I think both teams were questioning what the heck was going on at times out there. Like, uh, there were a lot of coincidental minors. The sequence involving Kane and Bunting, for me, by the letter of the law, should have been a double minor probably to Evander and a single uh, to, to Bunting. Bunting's got them cemented on. That's today... A guy would not have been able to get away at that 25 to 30 years ago to play that way, to play that agitating of a style, and to never... I don't think he's got a fight in his NHL career. Like, at some point, if you're going to play that way, if you're going to play that way, you have to back it up. And maybe you don't anymore. Maybe that's the world we live in today. And that's just fine for a lot of people out there. That's, you know, it's, you know... <laughs> 
Uh, you know how it all works. Anyhow, bottom line, uh, the Oilers were way better than Toronto at Edmonton, and Toronto was considerably better than the Oilers on Saturday night. And the Oilers need to get going here because I know they're up on Calgary. Uh, they got 15 games left in the regular season. I personally want to see the hockey team get to 47 wins. That means they need to go 11-4 and four the rest of the way. Oilers penalty killing remains a work in progress today. Jay Woodcroft had this to say on trying to improve the PK. Well, what we're what the thoughts right now are we got some new people that we're integrating into it. Uh, can't forget that um, you know uh, Evander's been out most of the year and he's a pen- regular penalty killer. For, so for him to get some reps, I think that was good. Uh, Nick, we're introducing the penalty killer. He's a good face-off man, long body, um, and then also uh, with Eck on the back end. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we've had good moments, and then we've had moments that we want to have back. To me, I think we've had two meltdown games, one in Washington um, and another in L.A., and I think that skews numbers. We're not about uh, coaching towards whatever that number is right now. We're talking about being the best that we can be and um, dialing in some of our details. And uh, look at the game in Toronto. I thought um, the first penalty kill goal at the end of the second period, I think it went off our foot and, you know, it bounces right to a guy and it goes goes in the net. That's You build those in sometimes but I thought we could have done a better job on the one in the third period. And, um, you know, when you have some new people, uh, it's just nice to to work on things in practice. All right. Uh, Brendan, who needs to be your best penalty killer? Your goaltender, Bob. All right. Here we go. Uh, as I recall, because uh, I would remember these sort of things, uh, we the fan base was apoplectic when the Edmonton Oilers re-signed Mike Smith not once but twice. Here we go. In 2021... Uh, so they, they re-signed Mike Smith like October the 27th, 28th, whatever it is. Maybe it was earlier than that, uh, but it was in October. The, uh, you know what? It might have been the 9th because for some reason I thought it was over Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, in that year, Mike Smith was injured at the start of the year. It was terrific in the second half. The Oilers had a great uh, second, staff and a, a second half. And according to Money Puck, Mike Smith's goal saved above expectation was 14.4 that season, which was the fourth best in the National Hockey League. The problem for Mike Smith and the Edmonton Oilers is the guy that had the best numbers in the league was Connor Hellebuck, and that's who the Oilers played in the playoffs. So Mike Smith was fourth out of 98 goalies. Miko Koskinen was 85th at minus 10, but Smith was plus 14.4. This is goal saved above expectation. Then the Oilers re-signed Mike Smith again, and I got tons of people losing it, and guys that are Prominent voices out there on Twitter went off. Oh, what are you guys doing? Um, Mike Smith again got hurt at the start of last year and again had a great second half last season. He finished 17 out of 119 goalies and goals saved above expectation. This again, according to moneypuck.com, 7.4 goals saved above expectation. Stuart Skinner last year was one. Uh, had one plus, and that's 38th in the league out of 119 goalies. And Koskinen was minus 6.8, which was 93rd. Remember, Miko did not get an NHL job this year. So Smith was fourth and 17th the last two years as the Oilers' primary goaltender. According to Money Puck, and there are other statistical models out there, this season, Stuart Skinner is at minus 0.7, which is 67th out of 97 uh, goalies, and Jack Campbell is 94th out of 97 goalies at minus 20. 
Uh, you know, I had somebody say to me, Mike Smith gets better with uh, each and every game. Uh, so those now those are money puck numbers. There is a model called Evolving Hockey, which presents a much more positive perspective of Stuart Skinner. Uh, this individual has Stuart Skinner at plus 10.7 goals saved above expert, uh, expectation, which is 15th out of nine, 90 goalies. So maybe we take it, you know, it's not bad. Uh, Campbell's numbers are consistent with both money puck and evolving hockey. I don't know which one's better. I'm just referencing the source. The bottom line is the Oilers need more stops. And uh, does Jack Campbell get the start on Tuesday, tomorrow against Ottawa? I don't know. They need some more stops. I think that's a given. Brendan, there was. Uh, did you follow any of the stuff with uh, Mark Spector and Daniel Nugent Bowman Saturday after the game? They, I guess, requested to talk to McLeod and DeHernay, and a couple of the Oilers veterans said, "We'll do the talking after the game." We lost the game. What'd you think of that? You know what? I thought it was a good veteran move. Um, I didn't get the sense that the the media ask was the vultures circling right. by any means. But the fact that the teammates stepped in and did that, uh, to me, is the sign of a very healthy group right now. Here is Jay Woodcroft on veterans stepping up in the post-game media on uh, Saturday. I didn't even know about it till I got to the plane. Um, you know, so for me, um, you know, when I read about it, and what I heard from our PR department when they they told me was, you know, I think it's uh, it's a group trying to protect some people, uh, protect some younger younger people, and uh, from um, you know like uh, having to answer for maybe a, a personal error here or there. Um, in the end, I think those those younger players would have been fine with going out and, and answering that. But what I liked is I liked the the fact that our leaders uh, felt that was important and not. Not only did they feel it was important, but they stood in front of it. Here is Zach Hyman today on veteran players stepping up um, uh, for DeHarnay and McLeod. So the way the process works is the media is on a... Um uh, which which one is it that we use for that? On the WhatsApp app. And uh, they, they get a put-in request for players to talk to after the game. And uh, the veteran players said, well, we'll, we'll we're, we're going to do it instead of the younger guys. Uh, here's Zach Hyman on veteran players stepping up uh, in for the post-game media veil. Yeah, I, I was already on the board to do media, but uh, yeah, I think you know we were in the game in the room after the game, and obviously it wasn't a game that we were happy with. Um through and through and, and obviously you know hockey's a game full of mistakes and um, I think just the leadership group felt like it was it was our responsibility to go out there and, and talk about the game um, you know you, you don't want to key in on certain mistakes or certain players because it happens all the time and obviously on a Saturday night it gets magnified and that was you know just it was just another game you know we have 82 games and those things happen and I think the leadership group just wanted to, to get in front of that one there you go. 1225 in Edmonton, back with NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing when we return on Oilers Now. Let's get off to NHL Today. For our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist, head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. And here is Brendan Escott. It is a light night in the league tonight. Uh, just three games with Montreal hosting Colorado. Toronto is home to Buffalo. Keep an eye on the Kraken hosting the Dallas Stars. Uh, we'll mention that John Tavares is $5,000 lighter in the pocketbook after slashing Vinny DeHarnay in that game on Saturday night. Uh, otherwise, 
otherwise, it is the Bakersfield Condors coming off of a split on the weekend with San Jose. 4-0 loss on Friday. 6-2 win on Saturday. Colin Chalk coming up to tell you more today at 1.35 about that. Edmonton Oil Kings were finishing off a road trip out in Manitoba. They took Winnipeg to overtime, ultimately falling 5-4 to the top-ranked team in the CHL. The branded Wheat Kings then whooped on them the following night. 10-2 the final score for the Wheaties. And this is the week out in Charlottetown, I believe, where we will see you sport nationals. And it is Windsor in Alberta out of the gate. Is that correct? Yeah. Number The way it works is the two Ontario schools uh, that are in the final end up always ranked third and fourth as a rule of thumb because they're conference is seen as the weakest uh, between the uh, Canada West and the Atlantic. Alberta's number two in Canada West lost in the uh, conference final. They were ranked higher than Windsor all year, but Windsor goes in at four, Alberta's five. Won't be easy for the Golden Bears. They're in a bit of a rebuilding year. No problem uh, with Tavares protecting himself against Vincent Deherney. He's a skill guy. That's how you got to... The stick's the great equalizer. And uh, by the way, have you seen the uh, MH370 doc yet on Netflix? I started it last night. I'm an episode wow. in. And are you uh, going to... Have you seen Selective Outrage with Chris no. Chris Rock? No, not yet. <laughs> I, I'm about a third of the way through it. But uh, the MA, I watched... I couldn't stop watching that documentary on MH370. It was outstanding. Off to a global news weather traffic update with uh, Randy Kilburn. And when we come back for Legacy Heating and Cooling, John Shannon.